and welcome to the Empire of the Cop podcast. Uh, we're here today to talk about Dominic Zobersly. I hope I pronounced that uh, correctly. I've seen many struggle with this. Uh, God help the commentators next uh, next term. Uh, but yes, Dominic Zobersly, Liverpool have signed him for £60 million, triggering his release clause with RB Leipzig. Signs on a five-year deal following the £35 million transfer of Alexis McAllister of Brighton. Uh, but it's not just me here today. Uh, we've got Liverpool.com writer uh, Ben Say Botchak here with us today. How are you doing, Ben? Yeah, all good. Um, yeah, good to be on. Thanks for having me on. No, absolute pleasure. Our absolute pleasure. And we've also got our very own Peter Kenny Jones here with us today on the Empire of the Cock podcast. And I will be your host, uh, Farrell Keeling. Um, right, Ben Say, I'm going to hopefully, I, I fear I may be treading some familiar ground for you. <laughs> um, I know you've been in quite sort of high demand to talk about the transfer. Um, it's obviously one that has sort of caught everyone sort of off guard, even sort of prominent patch journalists uh, with close ties uh, to the club. Obviously yourself, this is a player that you've been shouting and screaming about from the rooftops for several years now, I, I, I'd say. And it's a story that's obviously close to you as a, sort of a Hungarian-born uh, Liverpool writer. Um just from the perspective of where we were looking at in terms of before the window began, you know, and we were all sort of getting excited about the prospect of Liverpool potentially signing Jude Belling of, of then of Borussia Dortmund. Um, was this the best possible signing that Liverpool could could have made for the midfield, having ruled out Jude Bellingham? I think so. I, I can't think of any players who, who are better suited to Liverpool in terms of the Gagan pressing system, that that right-sided midfield role. Uh, obviously, I think it's, it was a bit of a conversation when we were being linked with Catherine Turan, having already signed Alex's McAllister, that, you know, we've, we're, we're kind of going for two left-sided midfielders, but we wanted to sign Jude Bellingham, who was a right-sided midfielder, so it almost didn't make sense to me why we were going for two very very similar players in terms of position and, and not really addressing the right side of midfield role. Uh, but um, in the end, it, it seems like the, the club had it all figured out and, and uh, they, they had the right target in mind. Yeah, I was just looking as well. Maybe him, I think his praise is more than a lot of other Liverpool fans have, but Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I think, will be a miss. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to pitch this question for a few fans who were listening, but I just think in terms of his versatility and as we saw with, with AFCON when we lost Mane and Salah last time, I think it was uh, Brentford and Omi came in for it and scored. And Obviously, you don't want a player in the squad who only comes in for two or three games of the season, but we've seen that. And again, if, if Farrell can't pronounce it, I definitely can't, but Sobbers like can play further forward than maybe just playing in the midfield. So, you know, in terms of when we need him, if, if Salah touch wood, hopefully it never happens. If Salah does pick up an injury, would you, from watching him, is he capable of being part of our front three, even if it's just as a stopgap? Um, no, I, I don't think so. I think he likes to play a lot deeper. Um, he, he likes to drift more central. I can't see him playing as a, as a winger in Liverpool's system, just because if you look at the, the profiles that we do have, the likes of Jota, the likes of Salah, the, Luis Diaz, uh, Hakpo as well, these are all players who are essentially forwards as well, whereas I, I, I don't think Dominic is a forward, he's someone who um, is best playing a bit deeper and being the creative force rather than the 
you know, the the one who ends up scoring all the goals. He he does score some goals, but they tend to be from long distance or him sort of running into the box, Steven Gerrard esque. Uh, I can't I, I can't personally see him playing as as Salah's backup. I know, you know, people will look at his transfer mark, they will see oh, you know, he played as a right winger or a right sided uh, player for, for Leipzig, but uh, if you actually look at his heat map, you can see it was uh, a lot more of a central, almost like an inverted winger that he played, or inverted winger, uh, sort of converted into a midfielder. He he technically played as a right as a right winger, but that wasn't necessarily his role, especially if you compare what's expected of a right winger in Jurgen Klopp's system. So. I can't see that happening. I can see maybe Klopp tweaking his system when AFCON is going on to sort of put him in a similar role to, to how he played at Leipzig. But, um, you know, even so, I think Salah is still going to be a loss uh, and, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how Klopp figures that one out as well. No, it's interesting there because, I mean, you mentioned there about his sort of versatility. I think his former manager, uh, Julian Nagelsmann, was talking about, you know, his ability to play in a variety of positions, said he can play an attacking midfield as a left-sided attacker, even wide out on the left wing. He can also do the same on the right. And in Salzburg, he operated as a number 10 uh, a lot and as a left-sided number 8. That's quite a lot you're getting (laughs) in in that package. Um, and obviously, you know, he kind of looks like he's made to sort of slot into that sort of right central mid role for, for Liverpool. If we're thinking McAllister's going to sort of take up the sort of left side of central midfield role. W- would you say it's almost too simple to brand him, though, as, as a Jordan Henderson successor? Because, um, you know, I'd argue sort of looking at his attributes, you know, he, he offers a bit more than just the legs, the work rate, the overlapping runs with Salah. You know, there's goal threat. He's perhaps, you know, more creative than Henderson was at the same age. Um how how would you make that comparison and what would you say that he comparatively offers more than what Jordan Henderson would on the pitch at the same age? I think you could say he's the Henderson upgrade. Um, he does have, like I mentioned, he's been someone who has been coming through the, the Leipzig and the Red Bull system. So at Salzburg as well, he's been training there since he was 14 years old. He knows the gig and pressing way. Uh, inside and out now he, he's done it so many times and and he's played it for such a long time so uh, he offers that energy and the ability to cover for for other players as well for the Hungarian national team for example uh, we had a, a young fullback come into the team and I think it was really what really stood out to me was uh, when he's now the captain and when the young fullback came into the team and he kind of went forward Dominic always dropped back to cover for him and uh, I think I can see him playing a similar role with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, so in that sense, these are the kind of things you expect Jordan Henderson to do. But then, like you mentioned, obviously he's got a few other things in his locker as well. Uh, one of the most unique, I think, is his uh, sort of technique in terms of shooting and crosses and long-range passes and short-range passes. He's a very creative player. He's got great vision. I think... He's up there with one like the the best creators in world football, uh, alongside Trent Alexander Arnold and maybe Kevin De Bruyne as well. Um, he is that good in terms of creativity and putting in crosses, and uh, you know he's a huge threat from set pieces, whether that's taking shots from free kicks or putting 
corners in uh, and Leipzig scoring from them. He was able to to create a lot of goal scoring opportunities for Leipzig last season from uh, those kind of situations. So I think in in that sense, that's why I say he's an upgrade to Henderson because he's got such a an offensive threat as well. And I think it's going to be interesting to see to what extent. Jurgen Klopp will ask him to, to cover for Alexander-Arnold and, and how much freedom he will have to, to do his creative stuff as well. Because I think if uh, you want to play, you want to see him play a bit further up the pitch than necessarily, you know, seeing him drop back and cover for Alexander-Arnold all the time. Uh, I think it, what, what it got, does give for Liverpool is the fact that, you know, last season... We struggled, I think, a lot of the times with creativity, even though we took on a lot of shots. They were all from, you know, half chances rather than clear-cut chances. Um, that's why we accumulated a, a high XG amount, but none of those shots were actually high XG value. Um, and a lot of the times that was because teams sort of found out how to defend against Alexander-Arnold and covered for him. That's why Liverpool scored a lot of goals when... Alexander Arnold sort of uh, changed his position and, and became the inverted fullback. So I think what it get now gives Liverpool is the freedom to know that okay, teams are going to double up on Trent Alexander Arnold. Well, that's fine because we have Dominic Sobosley who can do the same stuff um, almost just as well, and he's just as big of a threat. Uh, so you know. Good luck to your position teams because now you can't double up on Alexander Arnold on on the right side. You're going to have to put your you know half of your team on those two players, and then fine. But then Luis Diaz gets all the space on the left side, and Andy Robertson gets all the space on the left side. So I think it's a really mouthwatering prospect in, in that sense. So you, you say obviously there's the Jordan Henderson upgrade. He's someone who can do what Trent can do and obviously he's going to be in a similar area of the pitch maybe not a worry but just a question is that obviously his, his deadline came up with the £60 million, £70 million Euros release clause and I know that Newcastle was supposed to be involved and I'm not sure who other teams were there but how come it was allowed to get to that point you know we could just come in and it didn't seem that there were many hurdles for us it seemed to be obviously we have to beat Newcastle to the sign and we convinced them and then it was all kind of sign and seal quite quickly. So maybe I can't really say to you why did no one else buy him because you're not exactly the expert <laughs> of the club in the world and why they didn't want to get him. But maybe is there a weakness we could expect to see from him or some settling in problems you might think he may have or do you expect it's going to be you know, all good from day one? I think probably uh, that there were quite a few clubs in for him but everyone was kind of waiting for the release clause to, to expire and for maybe to you know get him for cheaper I think that was Liverpool's thinking as well they they had him in mind sort of around May time that there were links to him uh, and I, I got a few information I heard from a few people that at that time Liverpool thought he was too expensive they didn't want to play the release clause but Newcastle had the same stance you know they then went on to buy Sandro Tonali and because of financial fair play, they just couldn't afford him at that price range. Uh, so I think, in the end, what must have sort of forced Liverpool into action was the fact that Leipzig said, no, sorry, we're just going to up our price um, and uh, you, you can get him for more for, for more if you want to, or you can get him for this price now. And 
clearly at that point, Liverpool uh, were very convinced that he was the right player and he was the right kind of profile. So they decided, you know what, we're just going to pay the money anyway. And uh, I think in that sense, obviously, given the fact that he is Liverpool's third most expensive transfer of all time, there's always going to be risks involved with a, such a high transfer value. You know, Liverpool paid almost similar amounts for, for Darwin Nunez and we saw that he hasn't quite kicked on yet, although I firmly believe he's going to be a, a different sort of player next season and I think he's going to score a lot of goals and going to surprise a lot of people, uh, particularly because Dominic is coming in as well and I think he's someone who can unlock the best out of Darwin Nunez. But yeah, back back to the question in terms of do I think there's a, a weakness to his game? I mean, naturally coming from the Bundesliga, the Premier League is going to have a different sort of tempo to it. So that's going to take a, a, a bit of time to adjust to. I'm not necessarily concerned about him physically. Uh, I think he's improved in, in that side of his game a lot. And a lot of the coaches who I've spoken to have highlighted that that. Uh, over the last sort of couple of years, he's worked really hard on his body to to be physically ready for this, um, and I think that the fact that he has be has developed in Red Bull system, he has done the gig and pressing for so long, gives him a bit of an advantage in terms of settling in as well, because he knows what's expected of him, he knows the kind of positions he needs to take on, he knows how the formations work, uh, because he's so used to it now, uh, and I think. Uh, because of that, I kind of expect a, a fast start from him. I kind of expect him to, to you know, be in the starting eleven straight away and, and kind of impress us in pre-season. Uh, but, you know, even if that doesn't happen, I think over time he will come good, even if he needs a bit of time to settle and uh, adjust to, to the rhythm of the Premier League. I'm... It's interesting for me as well because I mean we've talked about his sort of physical attributes. Um, you know, I, he's obviously a real athlete, box to box, superb technique, scores and creates. You know, lots there, plenty to admire. What I think is also interesting is obviously the, the mental side of the game. You know, it, it's a lover, another Leipzig midfielder we signed, following in Naby Keiser's footsteps and taking up the number eight shirt. Um, you know, some might be inclined to argue that the pressure attached to that shirt has been diluted. Since Kaita took it, some might argue that it's you know even there's even more pressure attached now to that shirt um, f- following the sort of Kaita's exit from the club. Uh, you, you mentioned before in, a, in another piece that Soberslai has a similar mentality to Erling Haaland and that not much seems to phase him or scare him in, in the game. Do you, are you confident that he's prepared for the expectation that will come to the shirt and that he will surpass, I suppose, his predecessor? in Naby Keita and meeting those expectations? I mean, it's, it's difficult just in terms of in, in the last few days, the amount of attentions, attention he has received, not just in Hungary, but all over UK media. I know probably more than anyone because I've had so many requests of people asking me to come on and talk about him. So I can only imagine what he's going through in terms of the kind of publicity that has been sort of thrust upon him with this transfer. And I think that's going to be, that's difficult for anyone to handle that that level of attention. But what I can say and what I have seen of him is uh, he does have extreme belief in himself. His dad spoke in, in public media and he said he's handling the pressure and all the attention really well. 
uh, and you know, he's like like you said, I did I did mention that he was similar in terms of his mentality to Erling Haaland. He's someone who does give occasionally very confident answers in his interviews. I think in his first sort of Hungary match, one of his first games anyway, um, he came up against Luka Modric and he was asked like, also, you know, how did it feel to, to play against Luka Modric? And was like, I just played against Luka Modric and that's it. Like, it wasn't that special, you know. Uh, he, he, so he does, he's not someone who gets nervous and uh, I think that will put him in good stead in terms of handling the pressure and the amount of attention that's on him and you know he's he stepped up a lot of times for Leipzig to take um, last minute penalties which kind of shows you his character and his ability to deal under pressure and he's he hasn't missed any of those penalties he scored all of them uh Last season, it was against Bayern Munich in the second to last game of the season. He stepped up to to score that uh, a crucial penalty in the last few minutes of the game to beat Bayern Munich and hand Dortmund the opportunity to win the league title. Of course, that never happened. And then the season before that, it was against Paris Saint-Germain uh, where he scored a, an equaliser coming up against uh, Donnarumma in, I think, the 90th or the 92nd minute or something like that. So... He's someone who steps up when you need him, and we've seen that in the national team as well. He's at under seventeen level. He scored a goal in the last minute to qualify us for the under seventeen tournament, and then he did it against Iceland in the playoffs uh, in the senior national team as well, uh, scoring in the, the ninetieth for the ninety-first minute. So um, that's why I've kind of three years ago I wrote an article about him comparing him to Steven Gerrard and and. Is one of the biggest factors is the fact that he steps up when you need him. He, which we saw from Gerard all the time. You know, Gerard was notorious for scoring last-minute winners. You know, is it is Istanbul performance that what that whole Istanbul performance was inspired by Steven Gerrard? And I think Dominic is someone who is capable of making a, a similar impact. So I'm not surprised he's taken on the number eight shirt. And I think. He'll, he'll live up to it. Um, yeah. Steven Gerrard. <laughs> yeah. Where's the number eight shirt? He doesn't feel the pressure, but thankfully he doesn't because you put quite a bit on him there, I think. But I just want to ask, as you said before we jumped on, of how big a deal this is in Hungary because you know, I certainly didn't have a concept of it until you were talking then. So like, how big of news is this to he signed for Liverpool? It's probably... The story of the year already. Uh, you know, we're only in just the beginning of July, but I can't see anything as big happening in in Hungary. Is he's all over the media, uh, all over social media as well. Everyone is talking about him. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure his his dad and his agent and everyone around him are inundated with requests. Uh, they're holding a press conference today. Uh, you know, to to uh, speak to the media and answer questions, and I, I'm sure half of Hungary will try to be there. Uh, you know, even in terms of just trying to get his shirt, uh, loads of people are sort of looking at ways how you, how they can buy from the official store and how how they can get it delivered to Hungary. And uh, a, a lot of people, I think, once. Uh, 
those shirts get to the Nike stores in Hungary, a lot of people are going to be queuing up and, and trying to get them because uh, Liverpool just earned about 10 million followers or 10 million odd followers from, from the country. Everyone is going to be watching Liverpool games and everyone is going to be rooting for him. I remember uh, people were crazy about him two, almost two, three years ago when the coronavirus pandemic was happening and um, Salzburg wouldn't release him uh, because they had some false negative tests and they wouldn't release him to the national team. And the whole Salzburg social media from Facebook, Twitter was just flooded with Hungarians demanding uh, them to, <laughs> to, 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 to release him. And uh, in the end, he actually was allowed to go and join up with the national team. Uh, he basically drove over from Salzburg to Hungary in the last minute and then ended up scoring the, the goal that qualified Hungary to the European Championship as well. But yeah, that drive from Salzburg to Budapest is is not necessarily the the, the shortest. I think it's it's quite a few hours. So he's also very committed when it when it comes to you know being Hungarian and, he, and he's very proud of his origins. So I think he'll want to give back to the people as well, carrying the hopes of a nation with him. It's a very very exciting uh, signing for club and country. Um, before we just cap everything off, um, we're, we're going to segue neatly over into... Uh, ben, ben, I don't, I don't think uh, you've done a Pete quiz yet, have you? What? I have, I have, I have. I oh, have you have? Yeah. Oh, good. Excellent, excellent. You'll, 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 be, you'll be familiar with the process. I, I, I've seen the... Well, I haven't seen any of the answers, but Pete showed me a sheaf of papers, and I think he's put a lot of hard work, sweat and... T- oh, there it is. There you go. He's put a lot of hard work in this. So here we go. Here's the Pete quiz. So yeah, thanks everyone. Welcome back to um, edition number forty-seven. Let's say why not? Eh? I think last time you were on Ben, I did exactly the same style. So I'm sorry, but we haven't done this in a while. It's probably the last time you were on. We actually did this, but in celebration of, and I'm sorry to say it wrong again, Dominic Sobberslie's signing for Liverpool. He has played at Anfield once before. And that came in the Champions League group stage game on the 2nd of October 2019. Liverpool 4, Red Bull Salzburg 3. Basically, you've both got three lives each. And all I ask of you is to name a player who started the game. If you Obviously, if you name someone who didn't start, you lose a point. You lose a life, sorry. But if they're on the bench, you don't lose anything. Uh, we've got, obviously, 11 men who started. I will also take managers. So there's 12, there's a possible 24 points each. And then, obviously, there's the subs, which you don't lose a life for. So, I don't know who anyone would like to go first. Farrell, you're normally terrible at this. <laughs> <laughs> right, you go ahead, then. You go ahead. Oh, right, God. What, year, what year was this again? I want to mentally so, steal my... 2019. October 2019. The season um, we won the league. Season, oh, yeah, yes, there we go. <laughs> Well, was it, it was, it was a group, 11 group starters and the, uh, the managers. Was it a group stage, or did you say, or was it knockout? Yeah, group stage match, yeah, in October. Yeah. Group stage, all right then. Okay then, um, right. Uh, sorry, this is, I'm going to take the, the easy route out here and, of course, say uh, Jürgen Klopp. <laughs> Jürgen Klopp, fine, three lives remaining. Over to bed. Uh, Takumi Minamino, that was the game that saw him <laughs> sign for Liverpool. 
Yeah, and I've got a few interesting facts for the uh, the Salzburg players. There's a lot of them had quite a career afterwards, but obviously Minamino is probably the one we all know the most, going to Liverpool and, of course, now at, at Monaco. But yes, all three lads remaining, back to Farrell. Uh, lovely stuff. I will go with uh, Jeannie Van Alden. Jeannie Van Alden is correct. So you're live, still going. Ben? Uh, Jesse Marsh was the manager for Salzburg. Correct, he was the manager. Jesse Marsh. Back over to Farrell. Um, Virgil van Dijk. Virgil van Dijk is correct. Ben? Uh, Huang. Yeah. He Chan Wang, who of course now plays for Wolves, so another member who's, who's found himself somewhere else in Europe after quite a breakthrough game. Back to Farrell. I, I have a feeling there's going to be a common theme here. My mind is going absolutely numb with the Salzburg players. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to buy myself some time here. I'm going to say uh, Andy Robertson. Andy Robertson, correct. Back to Ben, three lads remaining each. Enoch and Wepu. Enoch, he's, play, he's playing from the style point here. Isn't he? Oh my God, he's, he's just... Oh, a, the, problem, the, problem is, the problem is, like, I've interviewed a lot of their players. Like, I know <laughs> Wepu obviously had to retire from Brighton, but he was a big Liverpool fan, so I remember him doing interviews with Liverpool's official channels saying how much it will be it will mean to him to play at Anfield and because of that I just remember he, he must have played as you say he was the one who went on to to bigger and better things no offence any Salzburg fans watching but yeah of course went to Brighton and obviously says suddenly retired afterwards but yeah another great player from that team and Farrell keep playing the same not wrong points all count the same oh my god um, I mean I'm allowed to mention Zobba's lie aren't I yeah don't yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll take the yeah. easy one. Go on, then. Fun fact, he has just signed for Liverpool. <laughs> right, I, I know I know. Erling Haaland didn't start that game, uh, but Pat Sendaka did. Ah, oh, Pat Sendaka, the Leicester City forward. Very yeah. nice. Actually, there's, me, there's me fact, Leicester City now, where Pat Sendaka was up front. Connect. Fantastic. Mm. Farrell. This is brutal. Um, left. I thought you three would go quickly. To be fair, then you got no chance. You might outpoint me. I, I know, I know. This is going to be difficult. I think. Um, yeah, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Correct. Back over to you, Ben. Uh, Andreas Bulma. <laughs> Andreas. I don't... Oh, yeah, Olmet, sorry, Olmet, yeah, is correct. Yeah. I don't have a fun fact about him. I believe he was the captain, am I right? Yeah, he was the captain. He's quite an experienced player. World Cup 17, which was most recently won at Leipzig by Dominic Sobbers. Like, there we are, there's a fact for you. <laughs> <laughs> well done, back over to Farrell, three lives each. Jesus Christ. Uh, Jordan Henderson. Jordan Henderson is correct. See, you can say all his Andreas Olmers he wants, but there's still three lives each. Andy Robertson. Oh, he's caved in. We've already had a Robertson from Farrell, I believe. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you have another go because there is quite a few names that have gone, so I won't, I won't penalise you. So you can have another guess. No. Uh, Mane. Sadio Mane is correct. Farrell. Uh, Bobby Firmino. Correct. Ben. 
Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez is correct. Well done. Would you like an update of how many we've got left? Yeah, go on. Got one, two, three Liverpool players, and one, two, three, four, five Salzburg players. So there's eight points to go. You haven't named a sub yet each, and you haven't lost a life each yet. Farrell. Nice one. Uh, Alison Becker. Wrong. Oh. That's one life gone for Farrell. Oh, that is, that is disappointing. <laughs> ben? Fabinho? Fabinho is correct. He goes ahead. Farrell. Oof, there we go. Um, I'm trying to think... I think who would it have been? Oh, was he? Oh, it's pressure. Oh, this is... I can't just trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to remember if he got a game then, or if it was. Oh, it's a Teresa too. I, I, I think it's 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 too. I think it's probably too young for him. But Kelleher is a substitute, so you do not lose a life. Jerome of Jerome Onguene, something Onguene, centre back. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, centre back. <laughs> For that Paul Salzburg, he's just playing with your father. It's just massive. <laughs> yeah, this is this is all fun and games, but once I start running out of Liverpool players, that's when we're truly in deep, uh, deep, deep. Two Liverpool players remaining, and I think Farrell, you might be out quite quickly. Is what I would say. Yeah, I know. I think I'm going to be out very quickly. Well, if it's not Kelleher, if it's not Allison, I would have to imagine it would be Adrian. That is correct. Got one Liverpool player and one, two, three four Salzburg players, but I can't confirm that all two of the Salzburg players were in the Premier League last year. Okay. Mohamed Kamara, did he did he play? Mohamed Kamara. I do not believe no. And he was not a sub either, so there's a life gone. Yeah. Farrell, you're back in the game. One Liverpool, four Salzburg. Oh well the remaining I don't think you haven't mentioned it yet. Um, Well, we've not mentioned Salah, have we? Is that your answer? Yeah, that'll be my answer. (laughs) Oh, Salah, correct. That's the 11 Liverpool players and the manager done. So go on, Ben, you've got to clean up, otherwise this might never end. I, I think I've run out of Salzburg players. <laughs> <laughs> I know it, we're missing a centre back, right? Yeah, you're missing. I'll tell you, I'll help you. Goalkeeper, right back, centre back, and a centre mid. Mm-hmm. Well, he could be a winger. You might have to figure. It just depends how it's laid out. I, I've never heard of the the midfielder. We'll say. Okay. Uh, who else could have been uh, a centre back? Do I have any more interesting facts? I can tell you that the ball was in play for 61 minutes and 16 seconds in this game. And the no. goalkeeper we're looking for, he um, he made one save of the match. <laughs> have we covered all of the Salzburg players who are playing in the Premier League now? No, there's still two left. There's still two, two. Left playing in the Premier League. Last season. Can you tell us which clubs? Uh, they both play for the same club, 
that got relegated last season. If that helps. And I hadn't even heard of one of them. <laughs> I don't know what that says. I had heard the other one. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. Oh, it's Christensen from, from Leeds. Rasmus Christensen from Leeds is correct. And he's from the same club, the other defender. But far away, I reckon you're over. <laughs> the same club, the other defender. Oh, it's not like someone like... Oh, I don't think it, no. Like Robin Cock or something, no? Is that your answer? Yeah, I'll give it. I'll, why not, you know? Oh, incorrect. Too large, gone. <laughs> oh, my God. Got a goalkeeper, a defender, and a midfielder. I never thought it. He's a United defender who played in that game. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't think of anyone. Mine's drawing blank. Who's... It's, it's definitely not Brendan Aronson because he moved to Leeds a lot later, but he was also at Salzburg, but it's definitely not him. Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's an easier game when you name it, which is not. You wore number 39, if that helps you in any way. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm running out of Salzburg players. Uh, can I pass? I have to pass. Yeah, okay, you can pass, but you lose a life. Which means it's level, which means foul. If you don't get it, you are out. But then I suppose Bengus to see how it goes. And then it's going to be a 3 3 life loss. And then it's it's game over. Maybe we go points one. And I think Ben might win on that. So you've got to get something here, otherwise you're out, basically. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's for the sake of this podcast moving forward, <laughs> I'm going to pass. I'm, I'm yeah. completely out. I can't think of anything. And you've got nothing, I'm guessing. No, uh, I haven't. Had... Well, we'll give it on points take... scored. Because you named a sub faddle, we'll give it to Ben. But also for the fact he named the Salisbury players, I thought this quiz would be over. Okay. <laughs> so, the second player Liverpool team was Adrian, Alexander-Arnold, Van Dijk, Gomez, Robbo, Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Henderson, Salah, Firmino, Mane. And then the Salisbury team was Kikan Stankovic in goal. Anyone? No. No chance. Defensive, Rasmus Christiansen, Jerome Ongwenge. Maximilian Wobe. Oh, that was... I would never have got him. Um, and then we've got Andreas Olmer, Takumi Minamino, Enoch Mowepu, Zlatko Junusovic, Yeah. Apologies for my pronunciation. Dominic Soberslai, Patson Dacher, and Hee-Chan Wang. He never fell for the Erling Haaland um, thing, which obviously he was on the bench. And then Andre Valma yeah. was the other person who... You may know from PSV, but yeah, Ben, we'll give you the win on that because I never thought you'd name two players from that team. Never mind, about eight of them. Well done, and Ben is the winner. Sorry, Farrell, you've lost again. Honestly, I struggle enough with just the Liverpool players. No, I had no idea you'd throw in some Salzburg ones. Zaka and Moepu had gone. I think I was, I was, I was, I was, I was very well deserved. Ben, very well deserved. And you are crowned this week's peak quiz. Congratulations. Your trophy will be sent to you in the post on three to five working days. <laughs> we hope you enjoy it. Um, but yes, that has been all from us today here at the Empire of the Cop podcast. Extremely excited to see Dominic Zobersly uh, here at Liverpool and seeing what you can accomplish in a new look Liverpool midfield under Jurgen Klopp. There is so much to look forward to. And it's, you know, the transfer window is far from over. We're expecting more business to be done. Hopefully another midfielder, hopefully another centre-half. We'll see how it all goes. Uh, 
but we've had the lovely uh, Bense Bochak here with us today from Liverpool.com. Uh, just before we say our goodbyes and all that, Ben, um, just want to get your sort of thoughts on any sort of exciting upcoming projects uh, that you'd like to speak about here quickly before you head off. Uh, got an interview with Adam Bogdan dropping on Liverpool.com, so make sure to check that out on my socials and, and Liverpool.com. It'll be on Blood Red YouTube channel as well, so check it out. Brilliant stuff. We'll be keeping a close eye on that. And of course, they can follow you on Twitter at Ben Bochak, B-E-N-B-O-C-S-A-K. On Twitter, give, be sure to give that a look. Give them a follow, of course. You know you've loved this podcast. We've had our very own here today, Peter Kenny Jones of Empire of the Cop, and I've been your host, Farrell Keeling, and this has been the Empire of the Cop podcast. Take care. <laughs>